So I want to talk about this really long, exhaustive and exhausting article the New York Times did on the rate of bankruptcies among older people, which is skyrocketed. Shocking stuff. And they covered so much data, but to me, left out such an obvious angle. So stay tuned. Mm, Troubling. So speaking of troubling, back to this uh, Snapchat dysmorphia. According to a JAMA article, Journal of American Medical Association, I think, it's a form of body dysmorphic disorder, uh, BDD. The condition is a mental disorder that causes people, and I quote, to be extremely preoccupied with a perceived flaw in appearance that to others can't be seen or appears minor. That's not my problem. People said say to me all the time, Gigi got a red nose. Right. <laughs> And, and then they get into this, uh, today's generation... But I, I've known lots of people who say, you know, I'm always worried about my thick neck or whatever it is they say. Mm. What are you talking about? Today's generation can't escape the Truman effect, because from birth they're born into an age of social platforms where their feelings of self-worth can be based purely on the number of likes and followers that they have, which is sick yeah. and sickening. Yeah. And uh, it used to be only celebrities with uh, highly technical capabilities and people working for them could... Uh, produce flawless envy-inducing photos, but now that a lot of people are, your friends, classmates, and family members, people are becoming more and more obsessed. You know, I, I've i I've not done that, um, but like I admitted, because I'm honest, only because I don't know how. If I, if, I, if I had the app and knew how to do it, I probably would have. Probably better off not starting down that road, because I can see how you would start down that road, and, and, and little by little, mm-hmm. you'd end up someplace that, you would think is weird. Yeah. Boy, and once you start doing it on pictures, then you'd have to keep it up, right? Because then it'd be such a jarring difference between right. oh, this wow. picture and that picture. Addictive. Or you, st- or you, you know, you, you're at a certain weight and you gain some weight. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to yes, shave. Yes, I have. <laughs> I'm going to shave that off because I'll be back to my old weight, you know, and a year goes by or two or five or 10 and you're changing all of your pictures mm. to look like your old weight. Well, then you're just. What are you doing? What yeah. are we doing? Yeah. It's no weird kidding. to not have pictures of what we look like. If you're a celebrity, it makes perfectly good sense. That's part of your product, how you make a living. Right. Pictures <coughs> for your friends and family that aren't you? What is that? According to the annual American Academy of Facial Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery survey, selfies continue to be a driving force be- behind why people wish to get plastic surgery done. Uh, last year, a survey found 55% of surgeons reported seeing patients who requested surgery to look better in selfies. That's 13% up from the previous year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We, are, we are becoming a very strange beast. Well, we won't leave our homes in the future. We won't leave our homes. There'll be lots of pictures of us out there, but they don't look like us. Right. Right. For other people to see, though, they'll never meet us because we don't leave our homes and date or mate or anything. And they may be looking at those weird pictures of us at our funerals as people who get this disorder experience lifetime suicidal ideation and 24 to 28% have attempted suicide. Yeah, well, that's not that you surprising. You become obsessed with how you look. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm. Well, the number one selling app last year was this whiten your teeth, smooth out your skin app. Right. Right. Uh, this is kind of funny, I think. And it fits into the I'll story. I'll be the judge of that. This is, fits into the story I was going to get into about old people um, going bankrupt. Oh, there's nothing funnier than starving old people, Jack. Good setup. <laughs> Can't wait to hear what this is. 
That's from Joe Getty's How to Argue Unfairly. <laughs> I hold my seminars down at the Holiday Inn every Thursday afternoon. <laughs> if you get there early enough, you can eat the free breakfast for the people who stay there, and nobody's checking. So go ahead and eat their breakfast. Right. Um, so Fox did one of their polls. I think all the cable news channels do this. I, I see them on Fox mostly, maybe because I watch Fox more, but they'll do these polls, right? So you got a show with your audience that is watching you because they agree with you for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then you put up on a poll. Do you think this was a good idea from Trump or not? Have me having spent yeah. 45 minutes telling you this was a great idea. O'Reilly and, used and, to do that all the time. And you watch this show because I tell you it was a good idea. Then you put up on a poll. You come back from the commercials and say, yep, we were right. 95% of people think it was a good idea for Trump to do this. Yes, of your audience. <laughs> and you can vote as many times as you want. But anyway... Um, so they did this on Fox and Friends the other day. Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All bill. It's estimated by some to cost $32.6 trillion. Although I have a study that says that wouldn't be the case and I should get to it at some point. But anyway, would the benefits outweigh the costs? 73% said yes, that was a good idea. Oh, so somebody. On Fox and Fiends. So somebody or a group of people jumped on their online poll and just really, you know, yep. ginned up the, the response. Tweeted it out, I'm sure. Which I only take that as a, is it's fine. It's pointing out how dumb those polls are. Yes. They're just they're just dumb. Yeah. It's just dumb. It's it's It makes me embarrassed for, for the media when you do those on, quick online polls and then act like that means a freaking thing about anything. But on the healthcare thing, um, so the New York Times with this long article, and I'll hit you with the, the, the main stat, the rate of bankruptcy for people 65 and older is three times what it was in 1991. Uh, it has tripled that amount of time. And the and one of the interesting things is for all your other age groups, it's going down. But for those 65 and older, it has uh, just skyrocketed. And they do a really long article, even by New York Times standards, to get into a co- all the different angles and the reasons why this is true. Now, a couple of things, uh, there's, there's no arguing with that medical... Costs are just out of hand. Indeed. There's no doubting that. Um, And there's a couple other things. But in this exhaustive article, with all this data and graphs and all these talk a day, here's here's Susan who's 75 and lives in wherever the hell she lives, and she's out of money because she broke her ankle. Not to mention all the experts and everything else. Nobody ever even touched on, you know, this generation grew up in a house Three times as big as their parents did because Mm -hmm. everybody thought they needed a big house. You know, this generation drove new cars at a rate ten times with my parents, who I just visited over the weekend and are retired comfortably, have never owned a new car in their life. But this generation buys new cars all the time. This generation flies everywhere when the previous generation drove everywhere because they thought flying was too expensive. Mm. This generation, a lot of them have been to Europe or Hawaii or wherever. That other generation, they never been to any of those places like my parents because they thought it was too expensive. Mm-hmm. How are you not? Because one of the factors that they did point out is they have no savings. And you're just supposed to leap to the conclusion, I guess, that they have no savings because medical care costs are so high. Right. They couldn't possibly have any savings. You're not even going to touch on the fact that people live in bigger houses and buy new cars and travel more and eat out all the time. You're not even going to address that at all. Well, and you left out. Don't you have to touch on that? You left out the fact that in a generation or two, we went from a country that was the vast majority of people would wait until they had the money to buy something. For instance, a car, whether it be new or used. 
And now we are almost entirely a credit society. Yeah, so you can factor that in, that you pay one and a half times or whatever it ends up being for everything. Right. Because you bought it on credit. Yeah. But how do you leave that out of the conversation? Not only a minor part of the article, but not mentioned at all. They made one mention of credit card rates being so high. That was one of the reasons for bankruptcies. Yeah, not yeah, exactly. They not only diminished that as a factor, they didn't consider that a factor. So is that conscious? No. Bias? No. Or do you think even scarier it is? I think it's this. Unconscious. I think it's this. I think it is people think that is just, you, you get to do that. You get to live in as big a house as you want and buy new cars and fly to Hawaii in the summer and do that sort of stuff. And if when, you, when you're out of money at the end of your life or whenever, that is the world screwing you somehow. That is America's system being wrong. Right. And we need to soak the people who are currently working for money. Which is the scariest proposition. Right. It's not bias, it's just a belief. Huh. Are they unaware of the transitions we were just describing? How would you be? How would you possibly be? Presentism. Obsessed with what is, as opposed to studying uh, history. All these journalists and people making the graphs and everything like that, they don't recognize, they don't remember that they grew up in a tiny house with brothers and sisters, and now people that are couples with no kids live in houses three times as big? On average, I mean, it's just an average stat. Look it up. Right. The size of houses has exploded. Yeah. The average size of a house. And flying and eating out and all this other stuff we already mentioned. I mean, how do you not factor that in to how much money you have left at the end of your life? I don't know. That's that's uh, malpractice, journalism-wise. Well, like you said, the scariest thing is that be, th- nobody thinks you should take that into account, apparently. That is scary. That is a, that's a horrifying if you're if you are trying to save money. And driving used cars or not taking vacations or whatever to have some money left over. It's pretty scary because the the obvious political argument is you've got money. Some of that should go to that person that doesn't. Yeah. But they bought a new car every year. Sorry. Doesn't make any difference. Well, and if some of your money can go to two people, you will lose every single election for the rest of your life. Yeah, no because kidding. elections are, are, to a large extent, a function of handing stuff out to people and buying their votes. Boy, and all that stuff, buying th- their support. that lifestyle stuff would add up to a lot of money over 50 years. Oh, yeah. Especially invested. Oh, yeah. Yes. It could be the difference between having a million and a half dollars in, 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 in stocks and savings and 401k or zero. Mm-hmm. That, that lifestyle. Yes. Difference. Easily. Clearly. Yeah. Indisputably. I mean, I'm talking about people not that make a ton of money, just you know, living a, a regular job. Yeah, and just do the math. It's it's pretty simple math, but it really is troubling to me that that was not even thrown in. I thought, oh God, they're going to throw this in at the, on the last paragraph as like a line. Of course, this generation has spent more money throughout their lives. No, didn't even not even a nod toward it. That's amazing. Didn't occur to people. Yeah. Well, I think we're doomed. We are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's it's so borne out by the federal government, which just responds to the wish of the people. Look at us. Twenty. What is it? Twenty two trillion in debt now. I've lost track. It changes pretty quickly. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's uh, I feel like I'm standing on the seashore yelling at the tide. Well, right. And at some point you're the unpopular one, because why are you pointing this out? Right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking of the inevitable, oh, that's easy for you guys to say. You make good money, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, okay, all right, fine. And if I had a time machine, I'd take you back to the kitchen table when Judy and I were dead broke, had a couple of babies, and we always saved. Now, some months we would go back 
and 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 we would have to dig into our savings because we just couldn't make our bills. But we talk about it and say, "Wow, we don't want to do that. We got to we got to lower our costs or raise our income somehow." And we saved and we saved and we saved. You must. Now I'm going to sound like Dave Ramsey. You must live below your means. Don't not forget beyond. You got to live beyond below your means, which is great advice. Now that stuff that healthcare costs just skyrocket. That stuff's all true. Oh yeah, and and it's a brute. And housing is really rough right now too. That doesn't make the other stuff less true. It makes it more true. Yeah, good point. Anyway, any comment on that text line four one five two nine five KFTC four one five two nine five KFTC. Yeah, and I have a feeling politically the uh, the idea of you know what do they call that means testing? I guess. Um. That's going to be an issue for quite some time if you got old people going bankrupt at that rate. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So Sean prints up a, uh, a list of sound clips he has every single day, and I look at him, and sometimes I try to guess why that would be. Like, why is the Facts of Life theme available today? Somebody die? Yeah, yeah, one of the, the stars of the show passed. Which one? Which star? The, the old gal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Charlotte Ray. The house mom or whatever, gotcha. Oh, speaking of which, I'm sorry, as long as we're doing, um, uh, as long as we're doing, uh, what do you call it? Loving Tributes? Mm-hmm. Or is, is that what we're doing? to get this exactly right. And dang it, I can't find it. Um, great, great radio host, uh, scientist Bill Wattenberg, passed. He's beloved by many uh, listeners, particularly in the Bay Area of California. Dr. Bill Wattenberg uh, passed away over the weekend. Um, he's, uh, he's an old fellow. He had a full, full life, but a really good man, too. So shout out. So we got a number of texts, as you can imagine. Uh, some of it has turned into generational, generation on generation violence, mm-hmm. but blaming various generations. The baby boomer generation will go down as the most selfish generation in oh, American history. How I dare think. you? Uh, we did get this text. Uh, I'll start here. I've texted you guys before that there's a book called "The Baby Boomers: A Generation of Sociopaths." Please look into interviewing <laughs> the author. Explains everything you're talking about. Um, and we're talking about the the idea that people over 65 are going bankrupt at three times the rate of 1991. They do a long article about medical costs and this and that and all this different stuff, but never mention lifestyle changes in that people live in bigger houses and drive newer cars and fly everywhere and eat out all the time. And right. Expectations for amusement have changed drastically from my parents' generation, pre-baby boomers, to the next. Yeah. Um, and just doesn't even get a mention. Let's not forget that this generation also bought their houses for $50,000 and sold them to us for $500,000. Where did that money go? <laughs> Again, that's the generation on generation violence. Yeah, there you go. 
Good point here. Uh, our economy is kind of built on this for now. I don't know how you'd get out of it at this point. Without people buying things they can't afford and other people willing to buy invest in that debt, our current economy would collapse anyway, Owen, too. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Two-thirds of our economy is consumer spending, people buying stuff they don't need. If people and don't have money for it And yet. can't afford. <laughs> right. If people did what I think they ought to do so that they can retire and not worry... There's another stat in that article about the the half the people have thirty five hundred dollars or less at retirement mm-hmm. total savings. What? Yeah. Now you gotta ask that person. You have to ask them how many new cars you bought in your life. I mean, how do you not bring that into the conversation? Because that's unfair. It's judgmental or something. You, there is no way you can succeed uh, as a society if you're not going to have some judgment on that. Mm-hmm. I mean just you can't. You mathematically cannot. Uh, but you will succeed in an election. Yeah, that reminds me of the uh the, the famous quote or one of my favorite quotes rather from a book Fight Club where it's talking about I know I'm not supposed to talk about it. People buying things they don't need with money they don't have to impress people they don't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good one. That is yeah. a lot of what human beings do. Uh, which you can do all day long. I don't care. It's just when you run out of money by living that lifestyle, you don't get mine. Mm. You don't get some of mine. Um, but that's not the current belief. Ben Shapiro is the best on this subject. Ben Shapiro, one of the biggest stars, maybe the biggest star in all of podcasting in America, mm-hmm. apparently hammers this over and over. I'm glad to hear that. So there is an audience for that sort of thing. Yeah. Again, though it's a minority, asking those difficult questions of people makes uh, people feel very uh, put upon, and they squirm, and they are uncomfortable, and then their alternative is somebody who says, whoa, 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 no, 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 it's totally not your fault, it's A, B, and C, and I'm going to take their money from them and give it to you. Which one is more popular? I'll let you guess. We did get this text, so Jack, you want me to f- drive to Hawaii? I don't quite under- follow this. No. <laughs> That wasn't what the point I was making, but you know, mm, you're listening you're to AM radio, you drive under a bridge, you catch part of the conversation. <laughs> Lose a keyword or two. You think I'm arguing everybody should drive to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> you swim there. That's right. Balloon. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just, I, I tell you what, I, I, I actually have the, the urge to try to sway minds and win arguments. I, that's what motivates me. And there's no win in this one. Nope. It will take bankruptcy as a nation or something like it uh, to change attitudes. And I uh, I feel bad for the generations that will bear the sins of their fathers and their mothers, um, which is coming in not too terribly long a time. Because for now, the debt of the United States of America is a bet that the next round of debt to be paid off will be paid off. And... That will continue, and the debt will grow and grow and grow until somebody thinks, you know what? I think it's the next round that they're not going to be able to pay. And then it will collapse like one of those old stadiums they bring down into a, a, a pile of dust, and and this country will be changed fundamentally. Is this the, we get the government we deserve? Yes. Um, spending more money than we take in? I mean, because if yes. individuals are doing it... <clears throat> You're probably less likely to hold politicians accountable. Yeah. Because you think it's okay. And I think it's a life cycle thing. The greatest societies are those with the most freedom and the most, well, liberty and the least government. And uh, and then people vote themselves more and more government till it collapses. Awesome. Good morning. Aren't yep. you glad we're back? What's yeah. coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Trump tweets with a dramatic rendition by actor Randy Quaid. And what kind of alcohol fuels the most online binge buying? A cautionary tale. <laughs> 
Interesting article out about alcohol consumption, too. Maybe I'll hit that at some point. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Sean Thomas with our Venezuela stat of the day. So a single United States dollar can currently buy 3.5 million liters of gasoline in Venezuela. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 3.5 million liters of gas for a dollar. And who do you think is the richest person in Venezuela? The daughter of Hugo Chavez. Hello. Anyway, 0-2. I'm going to get me a tanker truck. JJ in San Diego points out one thing is this: uh, this generation has had access to Indian casinos across the nation. Marshall, hey. boredom is overwhelming. Overwhelming, and casinos are now popping up everywhere. They Wait. trade their social security check for something to do and a little excitement. Walk through one someday and look at the average age on the slot machines. Painful to see. Yeah, I'm rarely in a casino, but it's full of old people, no doubt about it. Uh, thanks to Donald Trump's rally the other night, we have a new intro for Marshall Phillips. The fake. Fake, disgusting news. <laughs> oh, jeez. Here we go. News of Marshall Phillips. All right. The back and forth continues and goes on and continues and twists and turns. And now President Trump says his son met with a Russian attorney to get damaging information about Hillary Clinton during the 2016 White House campaign. In a tweet yesterday. This is either a huge deal. Yeah. Like huge. Like the president's son is in legal trouble. Yep. Or the, it's going to bring down the presidency. Or it's completely meaningless. It just doesn't mean anything and will barely be remembered by history. And I don't know which. In his tweet yesterday, Trump wrote, Fake news reporting a complete fabrication that I'm concerned about the meeting with my wonderful son, Donald, that he had in Trump Tower. This was a meeting to get information on an opponent. Totally legal and done all the time in politics, and it went nowhere. I did not know about it. That tweet coming amid reports that Trump is concerned his son could potentially face legal trouble over the meeting if he lied to Congress during his testimony. And that's the biggie. Did he lie or did he uh, perhaps misspoke during the testimony? What's going on there? That'd be a hell of a thing. I mean, I know if you're a Trump hater or a lot of the Trump-hating media, they just want pain for the Trump family, right? Uh, And... I, I really think, as I was listening to the news over the weekend, my sense is this has got more to do with you hate Donald Trump than you feel like something wrong is happening with Russia. It's it's more an expression of, I want to damage Trump or get rid of him right. than the particular issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but that aside, if, if, if John Trump Jr. ends up with a giant fine or spends six months in jail or whatever... Because he said, I didn't tell my dad about the meeting. Does that make people happy? Does that make anybody happy for any good reason other than hating Donald Trump? Meanwhile, you Does got, that fix anything? Meanwhile, you got actor Randy Quaid offering up his own verbal stylings of Trump's tweets, like this one from over the weekend. The fake news hates me saying that they are the enemy of the people only because they know it's true. I am providing a great service by explaining this to the American people. They purposely cause division and distrust. They can also cause war. 
They are very dangerous and sick. <laughs> oh, shut up! So I was listening to Trump's tone at right. the rallies on the media. It's right. too, it's too much. Now, if he stood up there and said a lot of the media just makes stuff up, and he went like on a story by story basis, he said if he would say this story in the New York Times, blah blah blah, didn't happen, or, yeah. or if he'd have held up all the headlines about right. General Kelly leaving the White House and pointed out how he stank, I'd be all right with that. Yeah, but he doesn't do that. He just says they're evil and they're enemies of the state, and the tone of his voice is not good. I mean, it's the sort yeah. of thing that's going to bring on. I think it's going to bring on violence at some point, and that's going to be terrible. Meanwhile, President Trump has signed off in an executive order reimposing many sanctions on Iran three months after pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal. He said the U.S. policy is going to be to levy maximum economic pressure on the country. And over the weekend, actually for the last week, there have been a lot of demonstrations in Iran. People are freaking out about the economic effects these sanctions will have on their country. They're already hurting. Yep. Wait, the one thing that you cannot measure, nobody's ever been able to figure this out, is when a country's about to go in terms of a revolution. Mm-hmm. Like the Arab Spring, nobody had that. Right. And, and, and several of the countries, not a chance Egypt or a country like that, the people could rise up and take power. No way. So you don't know. Iran could be like this close yep. to going down or not at all. It's just, it's, there's no way to measure that. But I, I sure hope they're close. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Yes. What a great thing for the world that would be. Well, I think it could be absolutely wonderful, but I don't know. Their security apparatus is awfully good. So is Mubarak's. Yeah. Yeah. Which type of alcohol? Although, you know, to play that out, Mubarak goes, there's a brief uh, period where, I don't know, your green revolution people run Iran, then it's immediately taken over by a different mullah. I mean, because El Sisi is not terribly different from Mubarak. Or the Libya model where yeah. we do get involved, help push the person out. Then you have refugees going everywhere because uh, bad forces take over. Or the Syria model where you stay out of it. The rebels almost win, but don't quite. And then it just becomes a hellhole of different factions fighting. Right. Iran could be any of those. Right. Which type of alcohol fuels the most drunk impulse online buying? You got a guess? It's a tough one. I was gonna. I'm, I'm going tequila. I'm going with my first gut. <laughs> wow, I don't get. I don't feel like tequila is a shopping drink. <laughs> you know, if you're into tequila, I'm not sure you're gonna pause to buy anything. I wasn't focused on the shopping aspect. I was focused on the making bad decisions aspect, which tequila is wonderful. <laughs> well, there's no disputing that. Right but, up there. Uh, but I could see yeah. uh, like just drinking regular beer because you you you're under the illusion that I'm I'm fine. All I'm doing is drinking beer. I'm drinking shots. I know I'm a little out of control probably. But <laughs> I'm just sitting around drinking beer. Maybe I've had 5, 6, 12. Um I'm rational. I need a 20-foot bass boat. You know, I had to uh <laughs> I don't fish <laughs> cuz wow. I don't have a boat. That's uh, <laughs> right. That's pretty persuasive. Yeah. I, I had to think about this rationally because I didn't want to just go with my own experience. But I'm going to have to stick with wine. I think it's wine. All right, here we go. Florida-based rehab facility Archstone Recovery Center surveyed oh, more than... Oh, for God's sake. Surveyed, Come on, Marshall. Surveyed more than 1,000 shoppers who, okay. who made purchases while intoxicated. Right. And they ranked the top alcohol-fueled spenders. All right, I'm going to do from least to most. Fine. Those drinking whiskey were in eighth place. Wonder what whiskey drinkers are buying when they're all hammered. Billy Bass. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta give me one of them Billy Bass. Those are hilarious. 
<laughs> Take me to the river. <laughs> then it was beer. Wow, seventh beer. Then tequila. Oh, oh no. Oh. Fifth biggest drunk spender were those who drank red wine. Oh, oh, we've differentiated, huh? <laughs> Identity whining. Then, yeah, exactly. Then <laughs> it's white. Then white wine drinkers. I clearly win. Coming in third. Vodka drinkers. Wow. That's hardcore. Second biggest binge buyers were fueled by the rum. Rum. Yar, it is true. And (laughs) the advice pirates back. And I bought me a new plank. (laughs) The biggest online spenders were fueled by the gin. Wow, they wait a minute. the most and most expensive items on Amazon. I have a theory. Yes. Gin, if you're looking at age demographics, probably mm. skews slightly older. Yes. I think a lot of the may. people who are kind of doing the online, just kind of browsing, impulse buying may, may also skew that way. Marshall, sure. you've done a remarkably good job in uh, explaining the contents of my garage. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the most enjoyed drunk purchases... Musical instruments. Really? Yeah. Like really? a theremin. Yes. Yeah, or two. <laughs> or two. There God, that's a guy thing to do, to get drunk up and buy a musical instrument you don't or can't play. <laughs> <laughs> but like I will. I will someday. I always go. wanted a tuba. <laughs> <laughs> I'll practice. I'd get really good. I could be in the Fourth of July parades. <laughs> or bagpipe. That's oh. your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> Uh, you know, I wasn't drunk drunk when I was in Mexico, but we, uh, we dropped in this music store because I, I said uh, I want to uh, drop. That was me playing the trombone once. I uh, dropped in the music store because I want to look at guitars and stuff like that. And this guy is playing this incredible, uh, enchanting melody on this flute, some sort of Mexican flute. Right. And it was just a beautiful sound. I thought, wow, I'll use that on a recording or something like that. Here's the problem. I didn't try it in the store. And for whatever reason, I can't make it make any noise at all. Not a single. I just. It's just a straw with holes for you. Is all I get out of it. So if anybody wants to use it, buy a used Mexican flute. Sell it to you cheap. It's very pretty. If you want to blow on Joe's Mexican flute, we've got the uh, number four. The petering out is coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. That's some nice floating, boy. I got a pocket full of music in my home voice. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Philosophy of Inbox Zero. I guess maybe we'll get to that tomorrow because I don't have time for it now, but it's more a philosophy than an actual action. Inbox Zero. It has to do with your emails and how you treat them. I know you're headed to Bo- Boise, Idaho soon. I am. Uh, we'll, we'll solidify plans to meet up with the folks there at some point soon. I'm thinking like brew pub, hang out for an hour, have a couple of pops. Are you bringing goats? You've probably seen the videos or uh, pictures that have emerged from the, uh, the the goat rampage that happened in Boise. I have. A whole bunch of goats got loose and were in somebody's yard. More than 100. It was an adorable rampage. Yeah. It was terrifying if you're like smaller than a goat. Terrifying. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, 
trying to catch up on the various odds and ends I have here. The goats don't care about your landscaping. No, they don't. <laughs> They're eating well, down they care yards. about it because they want to eat it. <laughs> and they will, and they can do it fast. Um, Jeez. Looking at some of the things I've got from the weekend, and I, I don't know if I'll ever get to them. Children at Trump rallies. What it's like to see young people exposed to so much anger. A Times photographer has the heartbreaking pictures. No, shut up. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know what? We didn't get to all the Portland protest stuff. Probably should. Can you save that sound for tomorrow? Sean? Yeah. Of course. Like you flush it out anyway. We catalog everything. Everything that happens. We're like the National Archives. We're like your permanent record in middle school. So Trump tweeted out over the weekend that he's got a higher approval rating than Barack Obama did at this time. And then, you know, people went to the fact-checking, and it depends on which polls you look at. And Gallup, um, Trump's around 40, and Obama was about 45. but uh, So slightly higher. Um, but which uh, Rasmussen, which leans right, has Trump at 46, and Obama was 45 at the same time. So he would have been actually higher, and that's probably the poll he was looking at. But anyway... To me, the point would be, if, if I'm Trump, I'd make this a point. So Obama had a uh, higher, he was even more popular than me. He lost 63 House seats in that first election yeah. after he was like, yeah, the, the Democratic Party lost 63 House seats in that first election um, after the wave that put Obama in office. And he had a 45% approval rating. So again, that gets to the whole, that's the normal thing in our country currently, the last several presidents, not the outlier. Yeah. It's only news if it doesn't happen. I would I would submit, though, that the Obamacare backlash was an enormous bit of the energy behind that, um, that wave, that red wave, if you will. I'm not sure that exists in terms of Trump. I mean, the whole, he's an a-hole and tweets odd things. I mean, everybody knew that going into the election, really. So, you know, I'm not saying there won't be, a, you know, a blue swell. But, but I think again, it may be less wavy. Well, the last three two-term presidents have gotten killed in that first election after they got elected mm-hmm. and then got reelected themselves. Right. So that's just an interesting pattern that we've had recently. I say final. You say thoughts. Final. Thoughts. Final. Thoughts. i I did refer to presidents as he, because so far we've only had male presidents. Despite that glass building Hillary built for her uh, acceptance speech. Mm. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Is there a glass ceiling at the White House? We'll take your calls. Uh, let's get a final thought from everybody to summarize. There. Just wrap up the show with a nice little bow. Hey, Marshall Phillips, what's your final thought? I was just sitting here thinking we were talking about how older folks are uh, going bankrupt so quickly. I've got to tell you, when I'm at the casino, I see a lot of happy, smiling older folks spending money and having a great time. <laughs> how many of them have $3,500 or less in savings like the New York Times was talking about? Ask them. It'd be a fun conversation. <laughs> it would indeed. Michelangelo, your final thought. <laughs> Uh, my favorite thing said on the show today was by Jack when he said, Steven Seagal no longer does roundhouse kicks, but now sits around the dinner table. Excellent, Jack. <laughs> Positive, Sean. What's your final thought for us? Yes, on the short list of the best shows on television, Better Call Saul returns tonight with yes! season four on the AMC channel. Check your local listings, people. Can't wait. Jack, what's your final thought? Took my kids to see Grandma and Grandpa over the weekend. They only get to see them once, twice a year. I'm very unhappy that this has turned out this way in my life. I don't know what I can do about it at this point, but uh, I recommend you stay close to your family. 
Similar final thought, uh, D, uh, I'm sorry, Judy and I took uh, Little D to Monterey to do the aquarium and eat out way too much. And Little D, it became a thing. She wanted to try the calamari everywhere we went. So I had fried calamari about six times. I also gained three and a half pounds, not a coincidence. If I continued to live like that, within, I'd say, a year or two, I would be lying on the rocks going, oh, 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 unable to move. As tourists gathered around me, I would weigh a thousand pounds. That'd be a decent gimmick for us, though, if you were like seven hundred pounds or something. Mm. I mean, that would be. We'd, oh yeah, the, the, Armstrong the, and Getty with the giant guy, the, the thousand pound guy. Which that, one's the thousand pound guy? Getty. There's a truck, Getty. truck that brings him in every day. Right. That'd be a good, we'd get a lot of free press. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Good idea. My cardiologist is on the phone. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. If you want, good clicks there. Drop us a line. Yeah, we like hearing from you, and we'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. We apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. I am providing a great service by explaining this to the American people. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.